into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello, Laurie Dunsire here. Before we start this week's episode of Scarves Around the Funnel, I must apologise for the sound quality. It is entirely my fault for accidentally not setting up my mic properly, although I won't take the blame for the odd blip in Mark's audio since he was recording from the car. Anyway, sorry for the error. I hope you still enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel the podcast dedicated to Edinburgh's number one football club, Heart of Midlothian. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by a man on the road, Mark Donaldson. Yeah, yeah, taking the folks up to um, to, to, to Boston Airport. We've had a, a wonderful couple of weeks. Um, took my dad down to the Masters in Augusta, had my birthday yesterday, but none of that is as important as something that every time I listen back to this podcast, I always mean to say, oh God, I wish I'd, I wish I'd mentioned that. And that's right at the start, before you even say, hello, welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, I'm Laurie Dunsa. Um, it's, it's the little clip of Ali Uzturk's goal and your commentary. And is it, was he, were you with Jimmy Sanderson for that game? Yes, I was. Right, so Jimmy's called that, it's in, he's called that before it's even in. He's announced it before you've even said goal. You've gone, it goes for a goal, it's in. Jimmy's already announced that. So I've, every week I listen, I'll need to mention it, I need to mention that. But Jimmy Sanderson knew right away that Alim Uzturk's goal against Tibernian, our opponents tomorrow, was in, and he called it before the commentator. Commentator's eye done, sire. I mean, he's he's bound to get the odd one, right? (laughs) Even a broken (laughs) clock is right twice a day. Indeed. I I did enjoy Hart's posting the Sam Nicholson goal against Hibs back in the first championship season. Um, In fact, I'll play it in this spot right here. Nixon try, sorry, great effort! I enjoy it because obviously it was a great goal, but mainly because Scott Crabb was on commentary with us. I think it's the only time, maybe he came on a couple of times, but he just goes absolutely mental. Just shouts, just screams, just <laughs> as you would as you would like from a from a hearts former hearts player. Have we ever done a tangent on this show with three hosts before we've even introduced the third one? Because if not, I'm about to. Apologies, Ryan. However, um, in the absence of... I want to talk unsung heroes as well. And I know it's not on the running order or whatever. But if you can't have Ryan McGowan as your unsung hero, Scott Crabb would be mine. Everyone has their hero and everyone has their kind of their plus one. Who would be your plus one hero? Because Scott Crabb for me is up there. Plus one. Um, uns- but was Scott Crabbe an unsung hero? Yeah, because he was never going to be anybody's favourite. Well, he might be a few, but Robbo was there at the time. Colquhoun was there at the time as well. And Crabbe was like, Crabbe was the unsung. I, I, it's kind of, a, maybe that's the wrong one. I, I don't know. But Scott, Scott Crabbe was, I loved Scott Crabbe. Just, and he's such a nice guy as well. But you realise that you're old when you you see Scott Crabb attending Pennycook games as he did the last time I was there to watch his son play. Well, like when Mackenzie Kirk comes on for Hearts, the son of Andy Kirk. Uh, yeah, how, we how, how, do you think, how do you think Craig Gordon felt? 
Craig Gordon played in Andy Kirk's last yes. game and Mackenzie Kirk's first game. What great start that is. It is. But we probably should introduce Ryan McGowan, oh, yes. who is also on the <laughs> podcast. Good evening, guys. How are we? Very well. Good Thanks evening. Apologies. Intro. Apologies, guys. Sir. That's okay. I'm just sitting here <laughs> patiently waiting for you to stop talking. Who was your the best hero? Last. Come on. Yeah, of course. Who was your unsung hero when you played at Hearts? Who was the guy you thought he doesn't get the credit he deserves? Apart from your good self, of course. Um, Got a bar. I was, yeah, I was just about to say that. I was really happy for Darren Barr, actually, because, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with him because I think people, no, I sometimes remember when he first came, it was sort of had big wraps, you know, it was a, a great signing that we got and one that everyone was really looking forward to. And he kind of just fell away a little bit in terms of different managers coming in and, and asking different positions, a few niggly injuries. and um, But, you know, he was one of those ones that was, always great around the change rooms, always given 100%. didn't matter if he played or wasn't playing. He never caused the problem and he was was very popular amongst the group. So, um, you know, I think everyone was was so happy for him to, to score in the final and um, he's just a really, really good teammate to have. So he'd probably be my one that I played with. Yeah, and he was, um, I know he, he did play centre-back sometimes for, for Hearts and that's what he was originally signed as. He's brought in as that centre-back and, uh, and then he, he kind of, Re- reimagined himself that it was the holding midfield role that he really excelled in, especially under Paolo Sergio. Yeah, I think so. And it's it probably like a number of factors why that sort of worked out for him. Um, but yeah, he was just a, a really good guy and, and a, an unsung hero in our change rooms in terms of, you know, you wouldn't have anyone saying a bad word against um, Big Darren Barr. And um, yeah, you know, he's, he had a really good career for himself and, He's doing quite well in his coaching just now as well. Can be found at your local petrol station sleeping on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> also good value on a night out. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you want. Uh, well, I mean, we will talk. Um, Edinburgh Derby, of course, and Darren Barr scored in the biggest Edinburgh Derby of all time, as did a certain Mr. Ryan McGowan. I've uh, got a Derby doubleheader to look ahead to, but we'll try and focus on just the first part of that for now. Um, we'll have another chat about the international Hearts 11s that we spoke about last time and um, I'll begrudgingly go through the votes as to which one of our teams was supposedly the best and it will look back as well at Ross County against Hearts, the match from the weekend just past. Right, before we get into Ross County against Hearts and then Hearts against Hibs and a few of the other things, i uh, some news just to go through. So we're recording this on Friday late afternoon uh, UK time. So you'll probably probably be getting this when you're just starting your, maybe starting your beers for the Derby early tomorrow morning, maybe late on the Friday. I don't know. So news just today, and it's big news as well, that's come out, a three-year deal for Barry Mackay, keeping him at Tynecastle Park until 2025. Now, one thing that's been evident this season, especially, Mark, and you know, since Joe Savage has really kind of settled in at the club, the business we're doing is is pretty impressive, not just in terms of players that we've managed to recruit, but players that we're keeping and the deals that they're getting. I mean, that is... I was worried that we'd be looking at this summer, maybe it would be when we'd have to try and sell Barry McKay because he's on a two-year deal and... You know, we don't want to let it run down like we have with players in the past, but that is an outstanding piece of business, isn't it? Brilliant. If I could only have one, it would have been him, middle to front, because defending's different. Middle to front, it would be Barry Mackay. And I was a wee bit surprised to see the number of responses. It didn't say brilliant, it just said announce Haring. Now, it may or may not happen, hopefully it, it will happen, but Barry Mackay for me is the glue. That, that kind of that just sticks that hearts attack together. He, he's at the centre of everything. He's the main guy. And I'm sure Ryan will know. Every team has, has one of those players. Your key players. He might not score as many as you hope he scores, but he's the one that other teams would want in their side, middle to front. And I'm sure you would have played with a few players like that, Ryan, for, for both club and country. And you, you kind of think, well, we know he's going to leave. Hopefully we get top dollar for him. And the good thing is now 
that when Barry Mackay does leave, we will get top dollar, but we're going to get probably another two years out of him. And, and, and that's magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, exactly what you said. I think always going into games, especially as a defender, you want your best players or your most creative players playing. And I feel that Hearts, when they have Mackay in the team, would sense that, that, he, that he's going to do something. He, he might lose the ball a couple of times, but you know that he's going to, when needed, be able to produce that little bit of something special to win you a game. And that's the most important thing is having those players in your team. And um, again, like you said, we've, we've touched on it before, the way that the clubs run just now is night and day to say maybe seven, eight years ago in terms of just getting business done and everyone agreeing that, yeah, that's a good signing or, yeah, that's the right thing to do now. We're not leaving it until you know the end of the season. You know, so we could have left it till the summer and then spoke to Barry Mackay about wanting to get a, a deal done. But we've got ahead of that, so there's no speculation. There's no one saying, oh, you've only got sort of six months till you can speak to someone. There's no agents in his ears. It's just done and dusted. That's him there for three years. If you want anyone wanting to look at him, you're going to have to get your bank balance out or your bank check out because he's not going anywhere. And um, I think that just sort of runs through the team. Big Peter Herring will be looking at that as well and thinking, you know, all the players that are playing week in, week out in a successful team that's run away with third and possibly has a cup final to look forward to is staying again next year. You want to be part of that sort of process. And um, I just think it's a really, really good time to be a Hearts player at the moment. I love the timing, Laurie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the timing. It's you. We were talking about it before we started recording this week. You know, the timing is is perfect. You know, you get a good bit of news out before another big weekend. You know, it's twenty four hours before Hearts host Hibs gives people another little boost. Our our best, or certainly our most effective creative player, tied down. He's only twenty seven. He's in that kind of peak time at the moment. He's not kind of the other the other the other side of thirty. When sometimes maybe an attacking player, you think he maybe will lose a half a yard. The nine assists this season. He's got two goals. One of them we just earned the Premiership Goal of the Month award for March. He's just on form, and I think these are the players we, you know, with all due respect, you know, Craig Gordon slightly different because he's been incredible. But we've seen us like even last season at some point struggle. We had a solid team with good players, but we just lacked a bit of spark at times. And when teams wanted to sit in and make it difficult for us, we did sometimes struggle to open teams up or find that bit of magic. And I think Ryan's right there. Those are the players that you need. You can have a solid 11, a very effective team, but if you don't have maybe one or two players who can do something different and can, yeah. whether, it's a goal, whether it's a goal or an assist, I think with Ryan, a lot of it was maybe like the likes of Rudy, it was goals maybe rather than assists. Mm-hmm. You know, Rudy didn't have to didn't have to do all that much for a lot of the game, but you knew it doesn't matter if this is a stodgy game. You know, there's not much happening. We can't create much. It's heading towards a nil nil. Rudy's the type of player who will pick the ball up and smash one in from thirty yards. And Barry McKay not doing that so much, but he's the one that okay, a the maverick. game's tight. A ma- yeah, a, ma- a maverick is what is what you're looking. Yeah, the game's tight, and he'll a maybe pick it up, beat three players. And set up the goal. Yeah, and, and you know, you'll, you'll obviously get some of the goals as well, but it's, he'll have that impact. He will be the one that sparks something, and I think that's vital. And I think that's why it's been so important to tie him to tie him down to a new deal. So hopefully, it gives. He's a, he's a maverick with a work ethic, Laurie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't always get that. And ask ask Ryan if Ryan played at left back behind Rudy at times. Ryan yeah. was doing the work of two players. And temps. <laughs> they both used to love cutting in for me doing the old dummy overlap and then just give the ball away and expect me to get back <laughs> graveyard shift those two yeah but then I mean Templeton was similar I mean he did you know, I think uh, you know you've been a you obviously know Templeton very well and I think we've spoken about him before he maybe had some quieter periods at hearts but he, he was that flair player and maybe not getting as many goals as he would have liked but he did create things and he he was a tough player to play against. You see that goal he scored at Easter Road was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he runs half the field and beats four or five players. But even when those players aren't, you know, even when Barry McKay maybe isn't the one scoring or isn't the one actually with the final assist, he'll drag players out and he'll beat a few players and he'll he'll take players out of the game. You know, sometimes that's just as important as being the one that gets the glory with the final shot or the final cross. So yeah, I'm absolutely he does, he, delighted. He doesn't, he doesn't seek the glory, Laurie. 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you saw you saw what it was like when he scored his first goal and Halliday and Haring were the incredulous look on their face. And that's right. That's got to be the definition of a, a real proper team player that everybody's like Cami. Everybody's delighted for him and and the boys that they've got. It just seems like it's a very harmonious squad right now, Ryan. Yeah, and and that comes from being successful. It comes from winning games. And um, yeah, I also think that when you have those players on your team, like Laurie mentioned, that's somebody that the other team will have worked on during the week. And that allows, you know, Hearts just don't have him as such. Yes, he's a cut above the rest of the players, but that would sometimes give Boyce a little bit more room or give Sims a little bit more room. It also gives those two the confidence that if they make runs and continually make good runs, that there's an opportunity that they will be found. And sometimes that doesn't always happen. And you can see strikers getting frustrated or you can see that, you know, players don't see that ball being on whereas Barry Mackay sometimes the pass doesn't work out but very rarely does he miss an opportunity to to play somebody in and, and that's a sign of a really really good player and one Laurie, that wanna, are very lucky to have Sorry Ryan, I want to have a bit of fun with the three of us, okay? Imagine we work for Hearts, we've got them under contract, we are the ones, the three of us independently are the ones that decide if a bid is acceptable or not why don't we, the three of us right now, try and set our own individual transfer value for Barry Mackay if someone wanted him now that he's under contract for 2025? What are you valuing him at, Laurie? See, this is, this is very difficult because... I mean, so he's, he, you know, right now... We don't have to worry about like the contract, you know, so that's secured. Um, flair player at his peak, but twenty seven. You know, you're not buying future potential, so you're not. You know, you, you, you don't think he's going to get necessarily a whole lot better. It's probably this is the level he's at. But flair players, they do go for more, don't they? Um, yeah. That's tough. That's tough. I'm trying to think of some recent transfers. I've got a number in my head. Have a think about it. Ryan, how much? I would say between two and a half, three and a half. My number was three, so that's pretty much bang in the middle. Laurie? I think you're both. You just copy copy us. I will just copy you. I'll just tag along (laughs) with that. I think the the thing is, you've seen some players go for far more than that. I guess is see, if Barry Mackay was 22 or 23... I'd maybe say push that to five, push yeah. five and above. Because if someone signs him and they get, they've got five years before he's going to have any sort of decline. Five years before. Whereas now you sign him, you know, when you, when a flair player does maybe get to thirty and above, you don't know. Maybe he will lose half a yard. So I think you're both right, and I know it sounds like a cop out, but around that mark, I would actually hope if if he continues the way he's playing, and for it, say in the summer, there's a there's a lot of interest. <laughs> I think if there was a lot of interest, you could push it higher than that. I think that would be your starting point. Yeah. You need two minimum interested parties. If you get that, then you can you can get what you think you're going to get. If you get one, then it's it's buyer's choice. But two, yeah. I, th- I think I think if a, if a bit of three million came in right now, if say we're talking in the summer, someone's missed the boat, they didn't get them before he extended the deal. I wouldn't entertain anything less than three million for Barry Mackay because I think it's one of two things. And we speak before, or I've spoken before about depending on who's buying them, not only if you're in the same league are you buying a player, but you're weakening your opponents. So Rangers and Celtic, mm-hmm. I'm not if Rangers are, are interested in them, then they've, they've been too slow. Um, but with, with someone like Barry, what's he worth to hearts as well? You take Barry yeah. Mackay and his maverick behavior, his, his uh, creativity out of that team and we're not just another team but we're not the team we are right now without Barry Mackay so I think his value to Hearts needs to be part of his overall value Yeah and I think one thing that can make a difference as well is if hopefully some caps come along or some more caps anyway he had a cap a few years ago but if he can get yeah into that Scotland team and be and start playing you know, if he can add some international caps and if he can perform at that level, then you're. That's when you can kind of. I guess that's when you push up that value because you can see he's playing at he's playing at an international level now, and you know hopefully performing 
So, and the same with Europe next season. Obviously, we're you know we're going to be in Europe. Hopefully, it's a it's a group stage campaign. If, it, if everything goes well in terms of the the cup game, then that again, if he can showcase himself, for instance, if he if we play in uh, Europa Conference or Europa League group stage, and he <clears throat> actually stands out, and that again, that's when you can say that can fi- that can really push his value up. Because the thing that a lot of clubs will always maybe fall back on, say it's an English Championship club, is yeah, you're asking for five million for someone who we don't know how he'll perform now at this level because last time he came down here, it didn't work out. So he's performing in the Scottish Premiership, but we want him to go up a level. But if he does it in Europe, he does it, for instance, for Scotland as well as Hearts, then you can say, "But we know he's we know he can do it at that level. Look, he's he's playing in, he's playing at a higher level than that because he's playing in European competition." So and and, we can, up, and we can update the song as well. We can update the heart song for national caps. We can always supply like Halka and Gordon and Barry Mackay. So yes. <laughs> we can do that too. We can. We can indeed. Yeah. Great news. Great news that Barry Mackay is tied in to uh, a new deal. I wanted to quickly touch on something else from a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to tidy things up because I know there's been lots of... A lot of, a lot Are of you saying we left the mess? No, no, this was me kind of because... Um, we, we spoke about when Ryan wasn't here, we spoke about um, football terms, football phrases. And some people actually got in touch. Remember, we spoke about things that you only say in a football sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd quickly touch on that because we've got some messages. So Fletch messaged us saying, regarding words and phrases that are used in football, he says, up go the heads by the late, great Arthur Monford, heard nowhere else. And that's... Um, Arthur Mumford was a little bit before my time, so it's that's a legend. That's a, that's a new one to me, though. That no, absolutely a legend. But the, the phrase "up, up go the heads." Do you remember? Yeah, that was one? part of his. It was part of his, his comedy. He's just a wonderful commentator. And, and growing up, we were so lucky to have brilliant, brilliant commentators um, on the radio: David Begg, Alistair Alexander, with us. <laughs> hey. If, if McGowan can have a, a, a defender's union, we can have a commentator's union. We do not criticise <laughs> other commentators. It's part and parcel of, of that. Now, but Arthur Montford, um, it's just it's the soundtrack of our youth. Archie McPherson, David Francie. Oh, there, oh, there, oh, there. And that's for the, uh, that's for the youngsters. I'm like, what are they talking about? Yes. He's, um, this is Andy Groundwater messages, and I think I've probably used this, and it actually irritates me, even though I've probably used it. It's a very common one. He says the line, he's just about done enough there, is infuriating, particularly particularly as it's usually when a defender or goalkeeper has stopped the other team scoring, which is their job. And it doesn't make sense. He, uh, you know, he just about keeps it out. But he didn't just about keep it out. He did keep it out. Yeah. And, I, and it's very common. I, I, I will have said it before myself. Laurie, it's like he's oh, just done enough. Yeah, just done enough. He's just offside. It does. It doesn't matter. You've either done enough or you've not. You're either offside or you're not. Yeah, I hate the one where you where you cut a ball out and he goes, "Oh, he's just got there. He's lucky there." What do you mean <laughs> he's lucky? He got there. That's what I was trying to do. I got it. That's, that's why Vic you says, say that, Laurie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, Vic says. Postage stamp corner only used to be yes. which is yeah. Yes. Postage stamp. It's, it's a good one. This is another one actually, which is similar. And Tony Allen says, What a screamer. And that is <laughs> that, that could, is that can be used elsewhere, but yep. uh, my parents uh-huh. are in the car, uh-huh. so let's move swiftly on. Oh no, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna hesitate on it now. But no, no it's, it's a bad yeah. line. Well, I've just entered Massachusetts. It's a bad line here. Sorry, I don't. Breaking up, breaking up. Sorry. What a screamer! But no, again, it's it's a good one from from Tony Allen there because it is, you know, a screamer. When did that first come out in a, in a football sense? <laughs> and whatever other sense, which I, operatic skeleton says a word I only hear at football, but I've been told is used in cricket too. Is sitter? Don't think I've heard that word used anywhere else that's another one isn't it sitter mm-hmm. yeah brian's probably, brian's probably had a few sitter, sitters in his time have you <laughs> Not, yeah i missed a few <laughs> so, uh, so anyway i just want to throw that in there because we did not touch upon it again after having raised it but we can move on I, I, just before you do a hundred percent you can't give more than that 
please tell me, Ryan, you've never done a post-game interview saying I'm going to give 110% or more because it's impossible. Bet he has. He will have. Uh, yeah, I probably would have in my younger years when I wouldn't. But loads of people do that 110%. I know. You can't give 110%. How do you give 110%? If you give 110% in one game, why aren't you doing that in every game? Because, you, well, A, you can, but you should be given 100% in every game. I agree, I agree, but... So here's an interview with Ryan McGowan. What's this for? Oh, here Ryan, McGowan. Ryan McGowan on Derby's and Cami Devlin. Oh, this is only a few months ago. So if I find... This is what Google search is great. Um, I think he's done really well in the A-League and he's exactly the type of player hearts need and one that the fans will definitely take to purely because of the style of play. He's a good player to watch. He's 110%. He's got a desire oh, and he's good on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that I would probably have said it. You said it I think that comes. No, but I do think that comes from um, like business terms. Businesses do over a hundred percent for certain things. Yeah, well, that's fine. You can get more than a hundred percent physically. You can two hundred percent is is twice as much, but you cannot physically give more than one hundred percent. I know it's it's this is one of those things. Shaba, <laughs> we need to disagree. <laughs> Shaba was the worst because he didn't just give 110. Do you remember Shaba would say 200, then 500%, then 1,000%, 2,000%. He's like, where's the scale here, Shaba? It used to really irritate 2,000%. So if someone's well, only given 100% and he wants 2,000%, that's not very good. I mean, that's why I didn't I, play. Because <laughs> you only gave, you only gave, I was only given 100. I was only given 100. Honestly, if you. I don't know if it was 2,000, but I just remember he used to give stupid percentages. Like, it would change all the time. There was a lot of things that irritated <laughs> me about Shallow. I'm sure Ryan's the same. Mm, couple. <laughs> okay, Ross Moving Kenny on. against Hart. Moving on. Ross Kenty against Hart of Midlothian at the weekend. And uh, a lovely sunny afternoon up in the Highlands. Um, and Mark, you... I know we played Ross County before you moved over to, over to the States, but you weren't fortunate enough to have the regular away games up in Dingwall because they hadn't obviously got themselves up to the top flight by that point. But it is a cracking day out. It was, you know, the sun was shining. Um, the fans were very refreshed um, out <laughs> in the streets and just led to, basically, yes, which is which was good because it leads to a cracking atmosphere. In terms of the game itself, Hearts started with the system that we've we've seen deployed by Robbie Nielsen quite a few times since, mainly since this game last time at Dingwall, actually. So it's the 4-2-3-1, but moves to, what is it, kind of a 3-3-3-1, or goes to a back three anyway in possession. So the, the left back in this instance, Cochrane, moves up the field and the back three becomes Civic, Halkett and Kingsley, but with Civic moving to a right back out of possession. Um, Harrigan... Halliday in the middle, as we thought Robbie Nielsen would probably go with. McInef, Boyce, Mackay supporting Sims. And it was quite an open and entertaining start to the game, you know, considering Hearts are very comfortable, 14 points clear in third, but Ross County still battling for a top six place, just like three quarters of the league. And we got a penalty kick just past the 15-minute mark. And... I did try to not use a word that starts with D in commentary, but it wasn't a penalty. And I did see someone, can't remember, did I see on kickback or on Twitter? Someone said something about me trying to be too neutral around that point. And I don't know if that's what they were referring to in the penalty, but it was not a penalty. <laughs> Have you been searching your own name, son, on the old um, the Twitter and the kickback? No, I, I leave that for, for Ryan McGowan. What's <laughs> your name? <laughs> searching, yeah, searching my name. She's Laurie's name, yeah, very good. It's never a penalty. Um, and justice was done. I hate, I hate that. You're too biased or you're not biased enough. Your commentary was fine, pal. And, and thank you to United Airlines Wi-Fi service because on the way down to, uh, to the Masters, I was able to watch the whole game from 30-odd thousand feet oh. without any uh, any issues. and That's um, impressive. When, um, yeah, when he went down in the box, he, he didn't dive. It was simulation. 
because that's the that's the word in the laws of the game. Um, he cheated, but it's all right when it's your boy, isn't it? That's that's the way it always is. The hypocrisy of a football fan. It, it was a shit penalty. Um, we're we're going through a stage right now, aren't we? Because we 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 had. I mean, Boyce was decent, and he missed a couple. Um, who's next? See, Does Boyce want to back to Sims? Uh, one thing that was a bit. Why was Mackay taking it? Because look, uh, he is it because he won the penalty? Now, <coughs> I I don't really like if that's the reason. And I don't know if that is the reason or not. But see, if you're winning three 0 in a game, and a guy wins a penalty, right? Yeah, give him, let him have it. But. If that was the reason, I would be a bit disappointed if that, when we're nil-nil in a match, you know, surely it should still be the best penalty taker. I know Robbie said before that sometimes it's a case of the players decide. I'm sure he said something like that previously, but... Who, who like is our best penalty taker? It's difficult because, you know, Boyce has missed a few, but he's the one that's taken most of the penalties, so he's the one who's been given the opportunity to miss a few. Um, what, what about those, the, the Libby game? Off the top of your head, can you remember the the Harring successful to get, penalties? Harring to get Suter. One. Sim scored. Suter. Suter would probably be a good shout if he was fit because he's taken some this season. He's taken a couple and scored them both very well. He took a good one in that shootout. Um, Harring took a good penalty in the shootout. Um, Halkett could be a shout because he used to take them for Libby. That's right. I mm-hmm. can see Halkett stepping up actually at the moment. I would be surprised at that, but I'd be happy for to go but, back to Boyce in all honesty. So would I, because I've got him for top scorer for the season, and he's not scored forever. <laughs> what about Craig? What about Craig Gordon? <laughs> no. We, no, we need to we need to cement this Player of the Year, not just at Hearts, but Scotland's Player of the Year. If we can add a couple of goals as well as a couple of penalty saves, then it's a no-brainer. Craig Gordon for penalty, penalty taker. Has he ever taken you a penalty, like him. a shootout? Did I mean, he ever take any training, Brian? He would, no, he would have taken them in training at some point. But, I mean, has he ever taken one sure, no. in, like, a penalty shootout? No, I don't. Not for us. Celtic. Anyway, for us, but would he have done for someone at some point? Did Celtic play Dundee United? Was that not the, the League Cup final that went 11-10 or Boric something? Boric was there. Craig hasn't, hadn't gone there yet, had he? Or was he on the bench? Or? No, I don't Boric think he'd gone there. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's ever. Um, he's ever taken. I, don't think, a I can't think of any, but it was just it was just out of interest in case. He's a lefty as well, so yeah. I don't know. Are they harder to to second guess what they're going to do? I don't know. Uh, I mean, his kicking's not. His kicking is one of his weaker points. It's better than what it yeah, used to the, be. But up the field, he's only got a, he's only got to kick it twelve yards. Right. Well, let's let's just let's get past that. That'd be silly. We're not. Craig Gordon's not taking a penalty unless it gets the eleventh penalty in a shootout, is he? <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't happen a week a week Saturday at Hampton Park. Can you imagine um, the nerves? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that will be. To be fair, I'd fancy him over Matt Macy to score a penalty. But why? Why would you fancy know. one goalkeeper over anybody else? Just because Craig Gordon's just better. So anyway, let's, he's, let's get past he's that. Craig Gordon. Oh, you, yeah, he's not happy, basically. right? Because we're, we're being childish here. Yeah. You get back to the sheets that we've not <laughs> even seen. So we don't even know what's going on. Um, so the penalty the penalty was saved. Uh, it wasn't the best penalty, fairly comfortable save uh, for Ross Laidlaw. And shortly after that, Ross County got a bit of control in the game and they eventually scored in the 31st minute and to be honest it had been coming at that point uh, Yakoviti scoring after an excellent delivery from Blair Spittle who has got a really good delivery did did you play with him at Dundee United Ryan? Yeah or was, yeah. was that yeah I thought you did yeah he was there he was there he's um yeah he's one that's, that's sort of done well for himself you know you see players that sometimes leave the club after playing you know, sort of SBL and leave around 21, 22, 23 and not go on to have a, a career um, in the league. But, you know, he's done well. That He's one that's done well. And, um, yeah, I think he's really come on to a game. His set-piece is delivery. He always had good set-pieces. I remember when he first came into the United team, um, you know, he used to take some some set-pieces for us. But, yeah, you know, he's definitely one that anytime we've played Ross County with, um, this season, I've been really impressed with. 
So County ahead and at that point on top, but Hearts six minutes before the break level. Bit of fortune when the ball uh, finds a way into the back of the net via Barry Mackay for his second of the season. Um, I don't want to dissect the game too much. What I will say is kudos to Mr Donaldson. We did our scores and scorers. So I got score right, but Mr Donaldson got both the score and the scorer right because this is this is... This is awful. When I wasn't on, so I couldn't pick Barry Mackay, he scored. And last week I said, I can't keep picking him, so I'm going to stop picking him, and he scores again. So maybe I should just never pick Barry Mackay to score again, and he'll just keep finding the back of the net every week. You were offered him. I was, and I still said no. But there yeah. we go. Thank you. Is it, only, is it only me and Mark that have got that right this season? Mark. Yeah, that's right, Ryan. Yep, you yep. got it spot on, I got it spot on, yep. Laurie, well any, done, uh, any, any, well any, done, mate. Thanks, Ryan. Well done to you, pal. Uh, I think it, did I not get one as well at some point? Nope, nope, nope. nope. Do you know what he's going to do now, guys? He's going to go, listen back to every episode. He's going to listen back to every single episode just to try and prove us wrong. You didn't. You didn't. He'll be typing his name because on Twitter and internet again. Google and all sorts. Laurie Dunsap, top commentator, good hair, young... <laughs> Fact him. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, in terms of the game, so obviously, put Laurie Dunstar screamer into Google and see what comes up. Oh God, Lord, no, no. <laughs> um, obviously, in terms of the league, we're fairly comfortable. Fourteen-point lead maintained. This game did concern me a little bit, Mark. I know it's it's an away game that isn't the easiest. We said that last week, which is why we went for the one-one draws because Ross County are a decent side. They've been a good run of form. What concerned me was how easily they opened us up at times. I mean, they hit the woodwork three times. And although they only had 33% possession, we had loads of the ball, they got in, in behind us quite a few times. And we will talk about an incredible double save from Craig Gordon in just a moment. But any alarm bells from you? Not, not necessarily alarm bells, but any slight concerns about that performance ahead of huge double header against Hibs. Um I, I agree that it, it wasn't great that they had the chances that they had and like if we didn't have Craig Gordon in goal we would have lost that game. But we do have Craig Gordon in goal and I was chatting to a friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan this week and we were talking about um Allison in goal for them and every week he has to make a one on one save. Every single week and ninety five percent of the time he makes it. So that's why Liverpool don't concede that many goals because they've got a top-class goalkeeper. And, but they concede chances because they're open. And, and, and that's the way Robbie wants us to play. I don't have a problem with it if we're creating as many chances or more chances than, than we're conceding. But you certainly we want to tighten tired. things up. No, no. I thought, I thought I'd draw probably a fair result. But if, I, if either of the sides just have to win it, it's probably them. They're not a bad side. And had it not been for Tony Ralston's really late goal in, in injury time at the end of the game against uh, Ross County for Celtic, they would have been unbeaten at home since September, October last year. So I think they, we, we opened up talking about unsung heroes. I think they've got a team full of unsung players. That I mean, Connor Randall, who's an average player for us, ex-Liverpool, and, and Ross Callahan, but they work hard. They've got a good, they've uh, got a really good coach, and and how he's got them playing, and I think you take a point there, and you can analyze it to death. I'd I'd rather look ahead to the the Hibs game and hope that we've learned our lessons from uh, from that. But we will talk quickly about the Craig Gordon save because the second one, especially, is absolutely ridiculous. Tilson hits a shot, and the first one's a good save. Craig Gordon dives across, touches it onto the post. But the ball ricochets back out off the post and Ross Callahan's coming in, what, five, six yards out. I have to say, commentary, I just looked over at the assistant so I was like, oh God, I hope there's a flag there because he's about to knock the ball into the back of the net. And I was, like, I was like taken aback. We're obviously turned back and Craig Gordon manages to get back in position, dive across the box, dive across his goal and tip it wide. I mean, it's just ridiculous that second save, isn't it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think even, I have no doubt that he didn't think he was going to save that second one and he's just trying to make himself as big as possible. But 
um, you know, I think we said it after the Livingston game, you can't come up with too many more better saves than you've seen from him. And he produces that at the weekend. And um, yeah, he's just, he just fills you with confidence, isn't he? You just know that he's going to make a good save or when needed upon, he's, he's going to make that, that impact. And um, yeah, you know, he's definitely got us a draw at the, at the weekend and hopefully he's not as busy this weekend coming up. Right, let's quickly talk about the Hearts International 11. So last week on the podcast, uh, Mark, myself, Ryan, and also Mark's dad all put together uh, Hearts International 11. So this was a team that you could pick of Hearts players. They had to have been capped internationally while at Hearts. And this was excluding Scottish players. And you could pick your own formation system, etc. And we put it to a vote as to who got the, who was the best team. So just quickly run through them now. So just a reminder, <clears throat> my team was a 3-4-1-2 formation. Anti Nieme goes, Fisas, Zalukas, and yes, Mark, McGowan in the back three. A given. Someone did actually message me going, a lot of yours would have won if you'd left Ibrahim Tal in the team instead of McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Um, uh, Jensen on the left, Mikulinus on the right, Juman Flogel in the centre, Skatchel in the number 10 role behind Pania and Jankowskis. Um, Mark's team was a 3-3-1-3 with Nieve goals, <laughs> Fisas, Zalukas and McKenna at the back. Tomashek, Jum, Flogel in the centre, Skatchel again in the 10 role with Pania, Jankowskis and Bednar in attack. Uh, Mr McGowan went with a 4-4-2 formation with Niemi and goals. Ryan McGowan wearing number 10 at right back and captain. <laughs> Left back, Fisas, Kiznora. Penalty, penalty taker. <laughs> yes, free kick taker, <laughs> corner taker, penalty taker, whatever he wants. Kiznorbo and Zalukas in the centre, Skatchel left, Nico right, Jum and Kingston in the centre, and Bednar and Pania up front. And Mark's dad went with Nieme and goals. This is a 4-3-3 formation. Fisas left back, Mabry right, Kiznorbo McKenna centre, Tomashek, Flogel and Kingston in midfield, and Jensen, Pania and Velichka up front. So the votes were in, and sadly... Ryan McGowan's team won. 46.8%. Why sadly? Yeah, why sadly? I don't know, just because he didn't want his team to win. Just because I didn't win, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, Such a child. Yeah, yeah. I won't I won't deny it. I won't deny it. Um my my team was second, but it was well behind almost twenty percent less of the vote. So very clear Ryan McGowan's team. Um Mark's dad, but oh. but I did say I think putting a former Hibs, uh, sorry, someone who would play for Hibs at right back would work against them, which was Alan Mabry. So I think if he put Ryan McGowan instead of Alan Mabry, probably would have won. But there you go. Huh. If he'd made that change, if he even had the chance to make the change. But let's have a look. So we got some responses on this. We'll see some other teams. Let's see if we think one of these teams could beat McGowan. So Flitch goes with a 4-4-2. Niemi goes, McGowan right, Fisas left, McKenna Zayukas in the centre, Flogel, Jum, Skatchel and Miko across midfield four with Jensen and Jankowskis. So quite quite That's similar. Good, good. Oh, Jesus. Mark's, um, Mark's connection is entertaining today from the car. <laughs> Andy Dixon goes with Niemi in goals, McGowan right, Fisas left, Zalukas and Smith in the centre. Smith mm-hmm. centre back. Jum Kitchen and Flogel. Interesting. Skatchel, Jankowskis and Boyce in attack. I'm not sure Penny Kitchen was going to make this. He is eligible, but interesting. Um, mm-hmm. JT the JT on Twitter goes with uh, 4-4-2. He goes Niemi in goals, Smith right, Fisas left. Tal and Zalukas in the centre, Skatchel, June, Kingston, Flogel in midfield, and Pania and Jankowskis up front. Um, Mark Wells, yeah, not bad. Mark Wells, I like Mark Wells, has gone with a couple of different players in here, so it's, it's an interesting one. 4 2 3 1 
quite like this one actually. So he's got Niemi in goals, Fisas left, Smith right, Kisnorbo and Zaliukas in the centre. Egert Jonsson alongside Robert Tomasek, the two holders, with Skatchel left and Flogo right of a more attacking three with Jume in the centre and Kyle Lafferty up front wearing number nine. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Someone got Lafferty in there. Um, Gordon Stitt goes 4 4 2. Niemi and goals. Smith, Zalukas, Tal, Fisas, Flogel, Jume, Kingston, Skatchel, and then Bednar, Pania in attack. Uh, here's an interesting one. Matthews, I don't think Matthew Harold has gone necessarily with the best, but let's see what he's. He says, unfortunately, Kuskis or Ballo didn't get capped while at Hearts. Neither did the Osh, which was a disgrace. Juan <clears throat> uh, Oshaniba, of course. So he's gone with <laughs> Kelo in goals, uh, which is actually a decent shout, but Red at left back, Godinho at right back, Hughes and Barassa at centre back, um, Jolis Kitchen and Eva Skevichus in the centre with Fitzroy Simpson on the left and Mirsad Beslisha <laughs> on the right. And um, the surgeon himself leading the line, the man with the man with the big goal bonus, Yuho Makala, in attack, one of Ryan's fa- all-time favourite teammates. Yes, I enjoyed it. He was good. He was good. Well, he went on to play for Sydney, actually. He did. That's what they called the surgeon, career. wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Nonsense. Um, Nonsense nickname, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why he was called that, but. Very, um, very, very alien to have a silly nickname like that. What would your nickname be, Ryan? What would your nickname be, Ryan? I don't know. What, like a funny one? Not, yeah, not just like guys or that. If like, if he was the surgeon, what would you be? The cleaner, the butcher, (laughs) butcher. That sounds like a serial killer or something. Come on. Um. I don't know. Put me on the spot here. I just he's I, called just, the surgeon. What would you be? Like, I have no idea. That could be the question for this one. Because he was what he was meant to be like what surgical with his with his uh, shots on goal and stuff, wasn't he? Surgical and clinical in attack. What would you be? So you're like what uh, commanding? The, what would you be the the general? <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take the general. The um, bench warmer. The bench warmer. <laughs> Water boy. <laughs> we used to play. This is this is going to sound bad, and I hope he doesn't listen to it. But um, after Yuho left, you know, when you play like horse or donkey, and you, you play like the different touches. You know, if you drop yes. the ball, like you can keep it up. We used to play Yuho instead. That was his uh, <laughs> in memory of him. <laughs> in memory of him. <laughs> when he left. Uh, when he left. Oh, that. Um, uh, <laughs> we didn't get a few more, but. Uh, I think that's just about enough for that section. Interesting, yeah. So the, um, well, I tell you what, I tell you what, homework, if you can think of one, what would Ryan's nickname be? If you hold Makala was the surgeon, what would Ryan McGowan be? There you go. What about Tweet Freddie? At- like Freddie Eddie. Mercury, that picture. Where did you get that picture that you sent us this morning? You've got to put it and post it on social media of Ryan McGowan in his smoking jacket, like in a jazz club or whatever that is. It was looking slick then, wasn't it? It was just it like Freddie I just, I just like to, I just like the profile picture that you just updated, just because it was just very, I don't know, like. Just, I was looking uh, like to see, kind of, so I was, I was changing my, uh, for people listening at home, I was changing my WhatsApp picture because I had the same one for three or four years, and I was going through photos, and I posted it because you have to put it like a circle around it; it's not just the actual photo. Um, and I was drinking a beverage, so I was trying to keep the beverage out of it because since I'm a model professional and everything, so it had been online for no longer than 22 minutes, and I'd already had... You You two were not the only ones to have noticed the change of profile pictures, so there must be some people that's just creeping on WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've quickly had to change no. it for the abuse that I was getting. No, because it you was changed it. Straight away. I've changed it. I've cha- I, w- I was in the process of looking for a good photo, and then... You didn't have to change it. Some people... I mean- it's a nice photo. It's just it's very sort of model pose. That's why I said the the um, Zoolander gif. I mean, you you know you look you look good in it. It's just very thank you. It's a very it's a very serious face. 
You know, it's a very kind of yeah. That's why I said, is, is this your, is this part of your spring catalogue? But um, it looks like you're trying to grow a moustache, but you aren't quite <laughs> old enough yet to do it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll move on from that. Maybe we can put the photo. Maybe that can be how you can figure out Ryan's nickname. Right, and what else have we got? Let's let's look ahead to the first Edinburgh derby of a double header, and it could be a triple header. We don't know yet. Hips could make the top six still, and if that's the case, it may well be the next game after the semi final, which would be very interesting indeed. Um, but looking ahead to the the game, so we've seen in the press that Nathaniel Atkinson and Gary Mackay Stephen are back and available for the league game at Tynecastle against Hibernian. Uh, Michael Smith and Cami Devlin are back running, and it looks like Cami Devlin will be available for the semi-final, but not the league game. So, I'm trying to think of my team for tomorrow at the time of recording at Tyne Castle, and again, I think we should still be looking ahead to the Hamden game. And I don't think you can throw Cami Devlin. Well, maybe you can throw him in from the start. What What do you think, Ryan? Uh, my feeling is if Cami's available. He has to be on the bench and he'll be used if we need him. I don't know if we're ready to chuck him into the starting 11 or is he that important that we can risk that given the fact that we have a bit of a gap in the centre of midfield? I think to err on, err on the way of caution, I would leave him out of this game um, and just give him an extra. He'll probably train in the morning or do something um, Saturday morning and, and then that's given him a full week's more preparation, especially with the injury being his, his hamstring as well. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know he definitely wouldn't be at Tynecastle, but I mean, would you even consider him as a potential starter for... for oh, the semi-final? Um, yeah, I know he wouldn't be. Yes. What I mean is, do we, plan, do we plan to not start him, or is that just going to be Robbie's going to have to wait and see how fit he is? Yeah, it would depend... You know, it's hard to know, like I said before, about you know injuries and, and where they are in terms of that recovery. We don't know if there's a chance for him that he could be possibly fit to play half an hour or he's very close to making tomorrow's game, which, which would then indicate that he's been training fully for the last couple of days. Then he's going to have the all of next week. That's, you know, 10 to 12 days full training session with the team and you'd have yeah. very little worries of chucking him into the derby or it could be a case of he's only fully started training with the team say Wednesday and if that's the case then I wouldn't play him as much as he is a big player for Hearts I wouldn't play him with that type of injury knowing that you know worst case scenario 10-15 minutes in he pulls a hamstring and, you, and you've lost one of your substitutions and your whole sort of game plan's gone out the window um, in such a huge game. So yeah. I would probably err on the side of caution. But um, yeah, I don't have any inside information as to uh, that injury and, and how long it's away. But I do think he's confident in his rehab. And, and it, you know, that definitely the semi final against Hibs is one that if he's not starting, I, I would imagine he'll probably be on the bench. I mean, I think, Mark, for me, the weekend again showed, and I'd. It's hard with Toby Simic. I think he needs some time to properly settle into to the position he's going to play in with Hearts. But Nathaniel Atkinson starts for me in the Edinburgh Derby, no question. Um, centre midfield, I'm still a little bit, maybe not necessarily concerned, but undecided. I think Halliday was very Halliday-ish against Ross County. Don't think he did enough to impress me that much. I didn't think he was awful or anything, though. Cochrane did okay on the left but I don't think Robbie will I have a feel. I don't feel like Robbie will chuck Civic in there now into a central midfield no. role that he's not played this this spell at heart so I think you'll be looking at I would imagine for the Hebs game you're probably looking at one change and that'll be Nathaniel Atkinson coming back in so maybe Gordon and goals Atkinson right Cochrane left Halkett and Kingsley in the centre uh, Haring alongside uh, Halliday McInef Boyce Mackay and Sims up front I guess the only question mark then is maybe is, is Mackinac for one start? And for me, he still does. I, I, you know, Ginelli, I don't think, has done enough. When I've seen him, Woodburn hasn't done enough. I thought, again, Mackinac had some good flashes. It's still not his most comfortable role. 
But I suppose one player you could throw out there is the fact that Gary McKay-Steven is back. And Gary McKay-Steven does love to score against Hibs. Eight goals in 17 appearances against him. Two for Dundee United, six for Aberdeen, including a hat-trick in December 2017. Are you throwing someone else in the, into that team or do you think that's likely to be the 11? The more you were talking there, the more I was thinking, is it McInef, is it Ginelli? I think if, if you play Gary Mackay, Stephen, you're playing Barry Mackay on the right. Um, I, I, I agree. Ha- Halliday and Haring, uh, Atkinson and Cochrane as your, your two fullbacks. I, I, don't, I don't know. It'd be one of these I'd want to see them in training. Um, I'd be pissed off if I was one of Gary McKay's Stevens teammates and he got in ahead of me in a similar position, uh, having been out for a while and not really shown anything before he, he kind of went out. And bearing in mind, he, he played a deeper position prior to his injury as well, didn't he? He was kind of like a left wing back when we played in that system. So I think this is a game that might be decided off the bench. So who would you rather bring on? Would you rather play Gary McKay? Because Gary McKay's team usually gets 60 minutes when he starts. So would you rather do that and then bring on a Ginelli? Would you rather start Ginelli and bring on a McInef? Would you rather start McInef and bring on someone else? I, I think he's only got a couple of, of uh, selection headaches here. Um, one is who to play in the centre of midfield alongside Peter Harry, and I don't really think it's much of a headache. I think it's, it's Andy Halliday. He likes him. He likes Halliday in big games. Halliday likes playing in big games. Okay, thank you. Um, the other thing would be uh, who plays? Is it McInerney or someone else? I would. I would go McInerney. Are you saying you would go McInerney, or are you? Probably. I just think he offers you more protection. And then, if that's enough, then fine. If it's not enough, then you've got two or three different options. If you're able to bring on either Janelli or Gary McKay, Stephen off the bench and it's nil-nil or 1-1, or one, one, I think they're more of a threat to the opposition than maybe Aaron McInef is because he's more kind of compact and not as as wide and creative a player. It depends. What, again, Ryan will, Ryan will have seen team lines picked on a Saturday and, and if he hadn't been at training, I'm sure he would have been, how the hell? But you must have seen guys or some, some wonderful performances in training during the week, uh, be rewarded with a place in the team at the weekend. Yeah, and it's, it's sometimes not your performances in training. It's what the coaching staff are thinking about that game that, you know, the, the general public doesn't know. So it could be a case of, yeah, we think it's going to be a tight affair for the first 60 minutes and we want to have good options to have on the bench. Or it could be that we're playing a slightly different formation or pressing differently. You know, there's, there's loads of factors that the, the coaching staff would be wanting to look at it could be an option of um you know with one eye on the, the semi-final as well you know possibly trying something with with that in mind to see how it works um would you do that in such a big game in a derby you know having not won the the first two I, i'm not too sure but um i think makinev deserves a, a run in the team i don't think he was particularly outstanding at the weekend but i don't think he did anything wrong and like we said you know, the last three or four weeks, having a player, an impact of a player, he's deserved his place in the team. And I think he deserves to, you know, play in a big game at, at home. And, you know, he'll know that if he puts in that good performance and that there's a semi-final waiting for him in the following weekends, which is, you know, a big character dangle and one that still leaves Ginelli on the bench. If, you know, you are chasing goal or you want to stretch the game or if you're holding on to a lead, and, you know, Hibs are attacking and you can get him on the counter-attack. So it does leave a few options on the bench with Gary McKay-Stevens to come on as well. So I'd probably stick with, with McInerney, I think. I think the pitch at Hamden, Laurie, might dictate that there'll be changes to the Hearts lineup. Again, it depends what happens. It was a much wider pitch at Hamden, yeah. which I think will suit the Gary McKay-Stevens, the Josh Ginelli. Um Again, it, it depends on, on the tactics. But I... I'd be surprised, not knowing the score tomorrow, I'd be surprised if the same Hearts lineup starts both games against Tibbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I guess the thing to look, the way to look at it as well with the wider pitch, though, is but if you want to play kind of quite adventurous, quite a, a, 
and push forward, then potentially McInef does drop central and you just use your fullbacks slash wingbacks as as the width. So in some ways that can create potentially more width because he can cover centrally and allow them to kind of create an overload and, and maybe stretch hips in a wide area. But I, I do get what you're saying. In terms of the game, Hearts have beaten in six. I've won four in a row at Tynecastle in all competitions. Hibs just won one in six, but they have only lost one in that time as well. So three draws, um, nil-nil last two derbies as well. And we've had nine derbies without a home winner now, if you take out, obviously, the neutral games, um, wow. neutral venues. Almost four years, May 2018, last time someone won a derby as the home team. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope that's going to end tomorrow. Yeah, it will. It will. Um, I want to win both. If I could only win one, of course it would be the, the semi-final, but I don't think we worry about Hibs. I think I think we'll be worrying about us without Porteous, who's their best player defensively. Um, yeah, I've, just going back to the selection of, is it McInef, is it Ginelli, who we're playing on that right-hand side, and we play Barry Mackay out there. Who would who do you think Ryan Josh Doig would want to play against out of those three, and who do you think he wouldn't want to play against out of those three? Oh, I don't think he'd want to play against Mackay, um, just because you know he's he's a very clever player. He'll he'll drag you into positions that you don't particularly want to be as a a fullback. He'll probably have that little bit of a unknown against Makinev and. I don't know. When you look at it from from a Hibs perspective, all those options bring different problems. You know, yeah. So that's a, you've got GMS coming at you. You know, he's going to be tricky. He's got a goal in him. He's a threat. Um, if you bring, if you have Janelli, you know, he's got just sheer pace, which is a worry for any sort of fullback in terms of getting behind you. Um, Makinev has a goal in him, and he also gets um, into good areas and is good at creating. It, it's just, I think Hart's biggest issue will be how they approach the game. You know, not without trying to be too disrespectful to Hibbs. There's not really any players in there that you're hugely worried about. Whereas years gone by, they've they've maybe had one or two that you're like you have to keep quiet or you hope that they don't have a good game. Whereas I feel that this team they don't particularly have one sort of standout player that you're like if he plays well, we could be in trouble. You know, they're, they're a relatively good team, but one that I don't think Hart should have any fear in and, and hopefully change that record, which is a pretty bad record to have not won in, in so long at home. Laurie, I just wonder, trying to get inside Robbie's head, which is impossible because, again, we haven't seen what he's seen in training this week. We, we don't know what his, his thought process is with Gordon and, and with Lee and discussing it with them and Stephen Naismith. I can see Robbie playing Barry Mackay on the right to try and, and I'm, again, I speak about not worrying about them, but if you go through their team and one of their better players is Josh Doig, by putting Barry Mackay over there and then Gary Mackay, Stephen on the left, I could see him exploring that as an option, whether or not he does so, I, I'm not sure, but it, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. Um, it'll be a great atmosphere. A three o'clock game on a Saturday afternoon. Hasn't happened yep. for ages against Hibernian. Yeah, apart from the yeah, apart from the cup final, I think it's two thousand and six. So certainly last time a, there was a league derby wow. Saturday at three o'clock. It was two thousand and six. So um, wow. yeah, it's 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 going to be very interesting. Uh, let's right, let's let's get to the let's get to the crux of it. I'm going to go around. We'll go with a score and a score, and I'm going to throw. I was going to put Boyce out there, but it's too obvious. So I'm going to go something slightly. Not left field, but I'm going to go Craig Halkett to score. I'm going to go okay. 2 0 Hearts. Okay. What do you think? What do you think, Mark? 1 0 Hearts, Peter Haring. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. Ryan? I'm going to go 2 0 Hearts, Sims. Okay. He's drew a goal. I like it as well. I'll take any of these, even if it means one of you guys gloating. Next time about, about being right. No, it's, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I mean, the weather is getting a bit better. The sun's out, and it's something you said, 
just in the WhatsApp group earlier today, Ryan, like I think you said, is it just me or do Hearts fans enjoy derbies more than Hibs fans? I'm paraphrasing, wasn't that it's not the exact words he said? But mm, I do think yeah. that's the case. I mean, and I know it's it's easy to say just now because Hearts are doing better than Hibs in the table. And obviously, if when there's the extremes of Hibs doing much better than Hearts, there's a bit of a more positive feeling from them. But on the whole, when you balance out, I, I would say you're right. And I mean, it shows in the you know, the results down the down the years. Hearts have, got, have of course got a much better record than Hibs in in the derbies. But yeah, there is just a it always feels a bit of an edge that Hearts have in terms of the atmosphere around a derby, in terms of what it means to the the club and the fans. I think as well, especially even when Hibs had that sort of under Lennon when they they had a few good results and and Hearts weren't travelling particularly well. I always just remember. Hearts fans really been up for that game, being like, this can turn our season, or you know that sort of old phrase of it's only Hibs. Like, what what are we worried about? You know, we, we should win this game, and it it does trans on, it, it does transfer onto the pitch in terms of you know the boys will go out there. It will be an unbelievable atmosphere. Everyone will have that one eye on the weekend, the following weekend, the semi final, and it, it could be a real marker. You know, if they go out and win two, three, four nil, then. As a hips player, you're thinking, "Oh my God, we've now got a semi-final next week against these same guys." You know, the yeah. fans will be even more up for it. The, season, the ticket sales will go through the roof. It will just, it can really kick on to to next weekend, which is you know what we all hope for. Indeed, let's hope for a big hearts win tomorrow in front of a sellout crowd at Tincastle before the, the big one at Hamden Park the week after. We will be back, of course, before that game to give that the proper build-up and preview that it deserves. And we will, we will be back next week to talk about whatever happens in the league game. Thank you to Mark for joining us from the car on the way to Boston. Thank, thank you, Laurie. A pleasure. If he's still there. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us just before you head off to training. I appreciate yep. that as well. Not a problem. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. At home, you can get in touch on Twitter at Around the Funnel or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. But until next week, goodbye.